Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. It was May 16th, 2016. My friend Darla and I checked into our room at the Arthur Findlay College, located in Stansted, just north of London. The sign outside the estate says, Arthur Findlay College, the world's foremost college for the advancement of psychic studies. Darla and I were there to take a course in mediumship. I had myself all worked up for the many months before we traveled there, not knowing what I was in for. The Arthur Finley College, some call Hogwarts, of course, where Harry Potter studied. It's a very old estate, beautiful grounds, filled with the history of spiritualism. Yes, that's right. Those who speak to the dead. It's a beautiful old estate. It feels a little spooky inside. The age of the building, the library of spiritualism, and just knowing the history of some of the greatest mediums of all time trained there. Even much of the history of spiritualism began there. Who was Arthur Findlay? He was born May 16th, 1883. Isn't that interesting? The first day I stepped foot in there. Ha ha. And he passed July 24th, 1964. He was a writer, accountant, stockbroker, and Essex magistrate. His life was turned upside down when he realized the reality of the afterlife and witnessed some pretty incredible things. And he himself is one of the most significant figures in the history of spiritualism. He was part founder of the newspaper The Psychic News and also founder of the International Institute for Psychical Research. When he died, he left his home, which is called Stansted Hall, to the Spiritualists National Union. Now, what happened to him that made him leave his entire fortune to the study of psychic sciences. 
He's not here right now to tell us his story, but I do have his book, On the Edge of the Etheric, and thought we could meet him together. Now, what happened to Darla and I? Oh, we had such a wonderful time. If you ever have an opportunity to take a course at the Arthur Finley College, go do it. In fact, one of my big dreams is to rent out the whole place and have a conference where we can all meet. We can have medium classes. and You can see our tutors, Carrie, Phil, Scott Milligan, and others demonstrate in person. Wouldn't that be great? The Arthur Finley College, you can think of it as a retreat center. It's not a formal college like you think people go for four years and study. Rather, they have different guest mediums come in from time to time, and you can take a four-day class or a class for seven days. Room and board is included. You get to attend spiritualist services and meditations. It's a great place. We enjoyed ourselves so much that I've actually been back there four times. It's well known that spiritualism got its start in America, moved its way over to England, where it became readily available to people in that country. Some of the great minds like Arthur Finley and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and many of the doctors and scientists of the day all got involved with studying this so-called spiritualism. In preparing for our episode today, I also found that Winston Churchill was involved in spiritualism. I found an article that said there would be no Arthur Finley College if it weren't for Sir Winston Churchill. Many people don't know that it was Churchill who established the Spiritualist Church. He was a great believer in the afterlife and psychic abilities. Throughout history, seers and psychics have struggled to remove the veil of suspicion of its origins being dark or sinister. Churchill normalized contact with spirit and psychic mediumship. Therefore, spiritualism thrived and was established as a religion in Great Britain. Connecting to spirit was recognized as mainstream, relevant science. That's awesome. Doing the research on Arthur Finley, he was only 40 years old when he gave up his job as a stockbroker and dedicated his life to the research of spiritualism and psychical research. In 1914, the First World War swept like a dark wave over the world. This flooded Europe with great shock of death desperation, grief, sorrow, and pain. During this time, Arthur Finley worked for the Red Cross and offered his residence, which is Stansted Hall, for injured soldiers for recovery. The tragedies of the First World War brought Arthur Finley back to his interest in spiritualism and the reoccurring questions about life after death. You see, as a young man, he was fascinated about different world religions and philosophies. In 1919, he met the medium John Sloan in Scotland. This meeting changed the life of Arthur Finley forever. John Sloan was a poor, not well-educated man who discovered that he was able to be a direct voice medium. When Arthur Finley came to one of Sloan's demonstrations with a rather skeptical attitude, he could not believe what had happened. Sloan was able to speak to those who had already passed over and receive messages from them. When Arthur Finley realized that everything Sloan said to the sitter was actually true, his interest was sparked and he started to visit Sloan again and again on a regular basis to investigate his abilities. A strong friendship developed between the two, and here is a quote from Arthur Findlay. Death, I am told, is as easy and as simple as going to sleep and then awakening. Our etheric body slips out of the physical body, carrying the mind with it, and we awake to our new surroundings, 
to find our friends and relations ready to help and instruct us in our new life. Death is simply the severance of the etheric body or structure from the physical body. The physical body returns to the earth and the etheric body, controlled by the mind, continues to function in the etheric world. I wholeheartedly recommend you pick up a copy of On the Edge of the Etheric by Arthur Finley. I'm going to recommend that you pretend this is his voice telling you the story. In 1918, my wife became seriously ill and had to be removed to a nursing home in Glasgow, where she had an operation, from which she recovered and was fortunately none the worse. To be near her, I stayed in Glasgow, and when sitting with her one Sunday evening, I remarked that I would like some fresh air and would go out for a stroll. Little did I think what that walk would mean to me, but it was the beginning of an entire change in my mental outlook on life and death. I sauntered down one street and up another, rather aimlessly, to pass a church with the name Spiritualist Church, prominently displayed in the foreground. I stopped to see what it looked like, as I did not remember having seen it before, and I was unaware that such a denomination existed. What little I knew of spiritualism was contained in a book my wife had recently been given, and which, to me, by a casual glance, seemed too fantastic for serious thought. I threw it aside as not worth reading, and now that Sunday evening I was facing the entrance to a spiritualist church. Why not enter and see what it is like inside, I thought, and this I did. A service was going on, and the speaker was telling the congregation of some wonderful things he had experienced. I sat down and listened, and when the service was over, I went up to him, and this is what I said. Do you really expect me to believe what you said tonight? It may have gone down with some simple-minded people who listen to you, but do you expect a rational thinker to accept as true what you said? Can you prove it to me? I have from time to time challenged a parson with questions and have received a reply such as, No, I can prove nothing, but that is where faith comes in. You must believe and not doubt. The spiritualist, whom I now challenged, said exactly the opposite, to the effect that I could not be expected to believe without proof. Proof is essential, he continued, and what spiritualists believe has come from experience. All claims made by spiritualists can be proved, and if you want to have proof, you have to get it. How, I inquired. By going to a medium, he answered. Can you take me to one? I asked. Yes, tomorrow night, if that is convenient to you, he replied. That reply appealed to me, and I accepted his offer. So it was arranged that the following night I would meet him at seven o'clock at the corner of North Frederick Street and George Street, where he would take me to a seance, which was held every Monday evening in a house nearby. When I returned and told my wife where I was about to go, she wondered if it was a wise thing to do. To go with a strange man to a strange house seemed to her taking an unjustifiable risk, but she raised no objection, and I kept the appointment next day exactly as arranged. This is a good time for us to take our break, and when we come back, I will continue reading about Arthur Finley's first mediumistic experience that changed his life and my life as well, for I would not be telling you this story if he did not take those first steps. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hi, it's Dr. Sky. Keep it right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And did you know we all owe Arthur Finley a big thank you? If you've ever had a reading by a medium, it can all be traced back to Arthur Finley and the Arthur Finley College. You see, longtime medium Gordon Higginson not only revived the college, but it's his teachings that most of the world's medium's reading style hails from. The good mediums, that is. You can hear more about that on episode 90 with Martin Twycross. So let's continue reading about Arthur Finley's first medium experience. On Monday, the 20th of September, 1918, the pastor of the Spiritualist Church and I met at the arranged place and walked along a quiet street to a house the entrance to which was by a passage. He told me we were going to the house of John Sloan, who was a medium. We entered the passage, and my unknown guide knocked at the door on the right-hand side. It was opened, and we were ushered into a small room in which ten people, all sitting on chairs in a circle. The light was on, and talking was general. A man was playing a hymn on a harmonium. We were both given seats in the circle, and no introductions were made. All that was said by my guide was a remark to the man at the harmonium that he had brought someone with him. That was all. By the way, a harmonium is like an organ. My guide did not know my name. I did not know his, and the rest of the people were all complete strangers to me. I put them down as belonging to what is called the working class. Nice, kindly, decent people who gave me a very friendly welcome. The man at the harmonium then said it was time to start, and he switched off the light. A hymn was played and sung, and then another, but before it ended, the organist turned around and took his place in the circle. Shortly after this, a man's loud voice spoke right in front of my right-hand neighbor. I heard everything said, and the name it gave— the conversation being an intimate one between my female neighbor and this voice. She had evidently spoken to the voice before and took it all quietly and naturally. The voice seemed to know everything of importance she had done since the last conversation and ended with love and the promise to be back again at the next seance. 
When the voice had finished speaking, she calmly announced to everyone that she had been speaking to her husband, whom I took to be dead. This went on for three hours, dozens of voices speaking to different people, men's voices, women's voices, children's voices, all of which I was told came from people called dead. A woman's voice spoke to a man sitting on my left. It gave a name and referred to happenings at his home. It specially referred to Tom, who was giving his father trouble, and then came advice as to how he should be dealt with. Intimate family matters were discussed between my neighbor and this female voice, and finally, with love, it said, goodbye. That was my wife, he whispered to me. I never come here, but she comes back to me. She always knows everything that goes on at home. I was now beginning to feel that I was the only one to be omitted from this strange medley of conversation, which seemed to go on and on without stopping. Everything said was claimed to be correct, and I wondered how it was possible for any human being to be so intimate with all the dead friends and the private doings of the sitters, as to be able to impersonate their deceased relations in the way that was taking place. Not only did the imagined impersonator know intimately about their dead friends and relations, but every voice was different. The mannerisms were different. In fact, each voice had a different personality. What a wonderful actor there must be amongst us to be able to carry on like this for hours on end and to remember in the dark where everyone was sitting as the right person was directly addressed every time with never a mistake. Such were my thoughts when suddenly, right in front of my face, a strong voice spoke to me. Yes, who are you? I inquired to receive the answer. Your father, Robert Downey Findlay. The voice continued speaking and referred to something that only my father and I and one other man ever knew about on earth. And that other man, like my father, was dead. I was therefore the only living person on earth with any knowledge of what that voice was talking about. It was a private matter that neither I nor my father nor any other man when on this earth ever spoke about to any other person. All this was extraordinary enough, but imagine my surprise when my father concluded by saying, David Kidson is standing beside me and would also like to talk to you about this matter. Now, David Kidson was the name of the other man who knew about this private affair. He was my father's partner, and he was my partner after my father's death. Only the three of us knew about this private affair, and here I was in a Glasgow artisan's house, a complete stranger to everyone, being told by two different voices about something known only to me and two dead men. Moreover, the voices which spoke claimed to be the voices of these two men, and Kidson continued the conversation quite naturally, which my father had started, to conclude with these words, I am glad to get that off my chest at last. I won't continue reading the next part because he goes on in great detail about what happened with the business. He ends up leaving the seance, and of course, it made a big difference in his life. He continues, During the next five years, I attended 39 seances with Sloan, sometimes at his house and at times in places of my own choosing. 83 separate voices have spoken to me or to friends I have taken with me. I have given details in this book of the precautions I took to make sure it was not Sloan who was speaking. I sat with him at times alone, and the voices spoke even when my ear was in an inch of his mouth, which was silent. Two and three voices sometimes spoke at the same time. Occasionally, the voices were so strong that they could be heard across the street. The most convincing experiences were when I took strangers to a seance. Sloan knew nothing about them, and I never mentioned their names. Here are a few instances. 
One evening, I took with me the widow of a man whose body had been cremated that day and whose funeral I attended. I introduced her to Sloan by another name. A voice spoke to me when the seance began. Why did you give the lady's wrong name? We know who she is, and her husband, Louis Pearson, is here to speak with her. Pearson then spoke remarking that it would take him some time to recover from seeing his earth body burned. When speaking to his wife, he became very emotional, so much that he could not continue his conversation with her, much to her disappointment. On another occasion, I took with me a professor from Glasgow University. I did not give his name. I knew little about him, but he experienced interest. A voice spoke to him in a language I did not understand. He replied in the same language, and the conversation went on for some time. After the seance was over, I asked him what language he was speaking. He replied, I was speaking Welsh. I am Welsh, and the voice which spoke to me gave the name of an old gardener I employed when I lived in Wales. He knew all about me, and what he said was quite true. These two experiences I have never recorded before, nor the fact that my father came back on other occasions and gave me good evidence of his presence and survival. Some of my experiences can be found in my other books. Many departed friends and relations have returned and given their correct names and good evidence of their survival, but nothing was more amazing than the return of Eric Saunders, Not only was his evidence remarkable and everything checked later as correct, but he was seen when speaking. The Honorable Everend Fielding, who was such an active member of the Society for Psychical Research, once wrote to me to say that a friend of his would be coming to Glasgow and would very much like to have a sitting with Sloan. I replied that I would arrange this, and on the day appointed, Mr. Fielding's friend called to see me at my office. In the evening, he dined with me at my club, after which we went to Sloan's house, where the sitting was held. This man, during the course of our conversation, prior to the seance, never gave me a hint of his occupation, and I purposely asked him no particulars. He was therefore a complete stranger to me, and neither I, nor the medium, nor anybody present at the seance knew anything about him. The seance was a good one, and during it a voice spoke clearly and distinctly before my new acquaintance. It addressed him correctly, and when he asked who was speaking, the voice replied, When I was on earth, I was known as King Edward VII. A personal conversation ensued, names of people being mentioned by the voice, which my acquaintance knew, and the conversation went on quite naturally, just as if my friend were speaking to someone on earth. Finally, the voice said, I must thank you for all your kindness to my wife, Queen Alexandra. I do not know how she could have gone on without you, and you have relieved her of so much worry and care. After the seance was over, I asked him if he were satisfied with this strange experience, and he replied, most certainly. Then I said, will you tell me your position towards Queen Alexandra? Oh, he replied, I am the controller of her household. Neither I nor any other person in this room that night, except him himself, knew this. Queen Alexandra, when she heard about this seance, wanted to sit with Sloan, and this took place in London, and to her great satisfaction. Those present included friends Sir William Barrett, the eminent physicist, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Dr. Abraham Wallace, and Sir Oliver Lodge, all believers in the reality of this phenomena after years of study and experience. Let's take our break, and then we'll be back with more. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. The Art Bell Vault never disappoints. Classic audio at your fingertips. Go now to coasttocoastam.com for full details. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hi, this is ufologist Kevin Randall, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I am reading to you from Arthur Finley's book on the edge of the etheric. If you've listened to past episodes where I've spoken about physical mediums, that's what we're talking about here with either the lights off or just a dim red light on. A substance called ectoplasm is released as a gas from the medium. Loved ones can step into it and have their voices heard again. It sounds to me like this John Sloan's mediumship was a bit different. And I know I have witnessed this form of communication sitting with our friend Scott Milligan. An ectoplasmic voice box will form, a trumpet will rise, and the voice can get magnified to be heard by all. So let me continue with Arthur Finley. I have, in the previous chapters, given information purporting to come from voices, either through the trumpet or apart altogether from the trumpet. Sloan, however, is one of the finest mediums in the country, and sometimes a communicator, if he cannot get his message through correctly or by direct means, controls the medium or sends the message through one of Sloan's regular controls. I have had messages given partly one way or partly the other. However, for long-continued conversation, trance communications are the best as they are more sustained, uninterrupted conversations lasting for over an hour. In this way, I have received much detailed information as to how the direct voice is produced, what the etheric body really is, the conditions existing in the world beyond, and the relative structure of the substance of which that world is composed. As compared with our physical matter, a stenographer present has recorded what was said. First of all, I am told that the whole universe is made up of substance of various degrees of density and vibratory activity that fills all space in which life exists in varying degrees of development. What we sense here on Earth is only matter vibrating within certain fixed limits, surrounding, interpenetrating, attached to, and moving with our Earth is another world of etheric matter in a higher state of vibration. Consequently, it is unperceived by our senses. In our physical world, the real or enduring body is an etheric body, which at the moment of our conception commences to gather round it, or, in other words, 
clothes itself with physical matter slow in vibration. The etheric body is the framework onto which physical matter is attached. This etheric body is composed of substance quite in tune with the etheric matter of the next plane, but so long as it is attached to physical matter, it is limited by the limitations of such matter. At death, however, the etheric body is released from its physical covering and continues functioning quite naturally in the etheric world, where everything is as real to it as when it was in the physical. The etheric body is, in every particular, a duplicate of our physical body, and so it could be understood how, if conditions are given for an etherian to rematerialize his organs of speech, it is possible to vibrate again our atmosphere and make his voice heard. The mind which controls the etheric duplicate carries over with it, I am told, everything but the physical covering, character, memory, affection, personality, etc. go with the mind because they relate to the mind and not to the physical body. The etheric world is, in many respects, similar to this world. Our senses there respond as they do here, but owing to the finer structure of etheric substance, the mind can work on it in a way it cannot do here. Hence, it is in this sense a mental world. But our present world is also a mental world, as I tried to show you in chapter 3. In this next state of consciousness, the inhabitants find themselves in surroundings much the same as we experience here. There grow trees and flowers, but there is no death as we understand it. All vegetable life, instead of decaying, dematerializes and disappears from sight. The surroundings of the inhabitants are greatly conditioned by their thoughts, and so their houses and mode of life are much their own making. This, I am told, does not constitute the next state to be one purely of mental projections, because its inhabitants have the same sensations as we have, as they can feel, touch, and smell the flowers. They can gather them, and when walking in the fields, they can meet and talk with their friends. All on the same plane, I am told, can see and touch the same things. This is the reply I invariably received when trying to find out whether this state was objective or subjective. There are many planes, but only those in the same plane experience the same sensations. I have myself experienced Etherians present who have talked to me, but they could not see each other. Though they were in the same room, the explanation given being that they were in different planes of existence. These Etherians are men and women, not vaporous spirits, but real, vital, and tangible people, such as we mix with every day. Theirs is not a dream world, but one of objective reality, intensely real, everything, music, art, and all constructive work, being at a higher pitch than we can possibly understand. Great activity prevails, and everyone has his or her own work to do. Service to others and fellowship are ethical standards which prevail there to a higher degree than here. There is a universal language, and everyone can understand the other. It is inherent. Nationalities generally live together and speak their own language, but there is one language common to all. My informants were insistent on the point that with them, discipline was rigid and all had to obey those in authority. Everyone under the authority of higher Etherians, whose laws and instructions must be carefully obeyed, it is well-ordered and a well-governed state. There is no night as we understand it, and the light they get does not come from our sun. If they want to rest, they can get subdued light, but not darkness as we experience it. When asked as to their food, I was told that they ate and drank just as we did, 
and enjoyed the same sensations, but their eating and drinking were different from what we understand by these words. They enjoy much more freedom of movement as they get from one place to another at a speed we cannot comprehend. On other occasions, when I put questions about the composition of our minds, I was told that the mind was substance in a very rapid state of vibration, and that at death, though we left on earth our physical brain, yet the mind in etheric life functioned through the etheric duplicate of the brain, which survived death along with the rest of the etheric body. All life persists. Animals, as well as human beings, survive death, and each enters into a state of harmonious to the vibrations of each. Affection on the part of an animal for an individual can bring the two together again after death. But without this bond of affection, they would function unsensed by the other in their own plane. Thus, life is indestructible. A great universal force is everywhere, in everything, in some form or another. But only when in conjunction with the physical can it be perceived by our limited sense perceptions. Physical science deals with physical matter, something we can sense. Psychical science deals with etheric matter. We cannot sense etheric matter, but etherians can. Its atomic structure, I am told, differs from that of our matter. It may be ether or something akin to ether, for all we know to the contrary. Physics and psychics are twin brothers, which makes it easier for a physicist to understand psychics than scientists or other branches of knowledge. Hence, the whole tendency of physical science today is towards the view that not physical but etheric substance is the basic structure of our universe. Only the ignorant affirm that just what we sense is real, that beyond this range of sense nothing exists. Our range of sense, our sight, our touch, our smell, and hearing are limited to the last degree. We know that the spectrum of the spectroscope proves the very limited range of our ordinary vision, and that further ranges of vibration of what might be color, could we see them, extend on either side. It has been said that perceived vibrations, as compared with the unperceived, are much less than an inch to a mile. Therefore, it is evident that there lies an enormous region for other life to inhabit around and within this world of ours, a region quite beyond our normal sense perceptions. Until one clearly understands that our senses here only respond to a very limited range of vibrations, what we term physical matter, that outside these is a universe full of life which responds to a higher range of vibrations, unreal to us, but more real to it than physical matter, one cannot grasp or understand in all of its fullness that psychical phenomena which develop through mediumship. Before we go to the break, let's think about one thing. We heard as kids that we don't have the same cells in our body that we had seven years ago, that everything regenerates itself. Science also cannot find where our thoughts, feelings, and emotions are stored. So it makes perfect sense to me that we have this etheric body where these memories and our whole personality is stored, that when we depart this earth, it continues on. To me, makes perfect sense. Something to think about during the break. And we'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. 
Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, it's the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. Don't forget to check out my show, Strange Things, each week as I bring you the world of the truly amazing and bizarre right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is afterlife expert Daniel Brakley, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. The great Arthur Finley, as you remember, attended his very first seance at the age of 40. He spent the next 41 years full-time exploring the world of the afterlife. I believe he wrote something like a dozen books, if not more. Of course, he gave his fortune and his estate away to the Spiritualist National Union. Currently, there's courses you can take at the Arthur Finley College, and it's like going on retreat. Really is a special place. You can check out the college by going to arthurfinleycollege.org. There's also a link there to shop their bookstore, should you like to do that. I'm proud to say that our main tutors, Carrie McLeod, Philip Dykes, Scott Milligan, all hail from the teachings of the great Gordon Higginson, who resurrected the college and whose medium principles we use today. John Campbell Sloan, who was the medium so closely connected with Arthur Finley, he passed back in 1951 at the age of 82. And for nearly 50 years, he gave his mediumship to humanity. He did not have a big ego, did not have a lot of money, never asked for rewards or praise. He was humble and modest and gave freely and expected nothing. Boy, those are the kind of people that I like to hear about. I'm just thumbing through the book now on the edge of the etheric And at the very end, you'll enjoy reading 188 facts given at two consecutive sittings to Arthur Finley. After his mom passed in 1936, Arthur Finley had two seances, and there are many pages of all the information that came through straight from the mother, which is incredible. I want to read to you now some of the questions and answers that he asked the spirit people. Here on earth, we can only appreciate the physical, namely the earth, the sun, and stars. What is contained in what we call space? The answer, I can only answer you so far as my knowledge permits. Interpenetrating your world is another world of substance and a higher state of vibration to the one you sense. The universe is one stupendous whole, but you can only appreciate what you see and hear and feel. Believe me, there are other worlds of substance, finer than physical matter, in which life exists and of which you on earth can form no conception. 
Connected with your earth is this world to which I came after what you call death. Encircling your world are planes of different density, and these move in rotation with the rotation of the earth. Question, is your world then a real and tangible world? Answer, yes, it is very real to us, but the conditions in which we find ourselves depend on the condition of our mind. If we wish it, we can be surrounded by beautiful country. Our mind plays a large part in our life here. Just as we live in surroundings suitable to our mental development, so we also attract to ourselves minds of the same type as our own. Like attracts like in our world. So also, like attracts like so far as your world and our world are concerned. We can, at will, take on earth conditions by lowering our vibrations. Our bodies become heavier and more perceptible to the human eye, which accounts for our being seen at times by those who have the faculty on earth of sensing our vibrations. Question, do all the inhabitants of your world get into contact with the earth from time to time? Answer, the higher and more developed we become, the less we are in touch with your world. It is all a question of desire. We can come into contact with earth conditions at will. If the will for doing so is absent, then we do not return to you. Question, do we always retain our individuality? Answer, think of a countryside with glens and hills. The rain falls and gradually trickles down into smaller streams, which streams together volume until they enter a brook, which brook in turn enters a river, which in turn enters a larger river and sweeps onward to the sea. Each individual can be compared to an atom in the raindrop. The atom retains form and individuality throughout the whole course, from the hill to the sea. And even in the sea, it does not lose its individuality. So with us, we move onwards and onwards, always retaining our individuality until we merge into the sea of full understanding when we become part of the divinity. Question. That is certainly a very clear illustration. But to go back for a moment to the reply you gave me in an answer to my question about your world being tangible and real, you stated, that your surroundings depended on the condition of your minds. Now, is your life purely a mental one, or can you touch and feel your surroundings just as we do here? In other words, is your world a material one like ours? Answer, our world is not material, but it is real. It is tangible, composed of substance in a much higher state of vibration than the matter which makes up your world. Our minds can, therefore, play upon it in a different way than yours can on the material side of life. As our mind is, so is our state. We create our surroundings, and the surroundings can be beautiful. Question, can you touch what you see? Answer, yes, of course we can touch and feel, and enjoy all the sensations you do. Question, do you eat and enjoy your food? Yes, we eat and drink, but it is not what you mean by eating and drinking. To us, it is a mental condition. We enjoy it mentally, not bodily as you do. Question, what are your houses like? Answer, our houses are just as we care to make them. Your earth houses first were conceived in your mind, and then physical matter was put together to make them as your mind first saw them. Here we have the power to mold etheric matter as we think. So our houses are also the products of our minds. We think and we construct. It is a question of thought vibration. And so long as we retain these vibrations, we can hold the object which during this time is objective to our senses. Question, do we incarnate again on earth? Answer, now that is a question I find difficulty in answering. I have known no one who has. I have passed over many years ago, and I have round about me 
those who lived thousands of years ago on earth. That is all I can say, because my knowledge does not permit me to say more. Question. Do dogs, cats, and other animals survive death? Answer. Yes. Most emphatically, yes, they do survive. No life becomes extinct, but they do not survive in the spirit world as we term it. They have a spirit world of their own making. They do not exist in a spirit world as man exists. However, say a dog has an affection for a human being, it can get into his or her surroundings if you both have left your earth. Question, is your vegetation similar to ours? Answer, something similar, but much more beautiful. Question, where do you get your light from and when do you sleep? Answer, if we feel we want rest, we can get subdued light. Not so subdued as you understand it, but sufficient to enable us to rest. We have no night here as you would understand night. We get our light from the source of all light, but I cannot continue further tonight as the power has gone. So good night, and may the light that lightens all darkness lead you into the light you are so earnestly seeking. This fine book that I hold in my hands is filled with all kinds of pages folded over and underlines and stars. There's so much in there about science, about physics. And Arthur Finley wasn't alone. His group of people were scientists, doctors, physicists, all exploring the afterlife, just like we are too. Direct voice mediumship is very rare, but where it begins is in the home circle. Years ago, people used to get together and sing and make room for the spirit world. And that's really not the case anymore. Medium Scott Milligan and I are trying to revive that. We created a home study course about home circles, which is filled with something like 20 hours of extra material. And he and I have an extraordinary conversation about what these home circles are, how we can get started in them, and even if you wish to sit by yourself and develop your own relationship with the spirit world, you can. If you want to ask your own questions to the spirit world, come join us on a Friday when Scott Milligan does a trance demonstration. Our home base is wedontdie.com. If you're interested in mental mediumship, I advise you to come take a course with Carrie and Phil. If you're interested in the world of direct voice, physical mediumship, trance mediumship, click on the tab at the top of the page that says Scott Milligan. That's where you'll find the Home Circle course. Also, there's some great audios by old and deceased now spiritualists talking about their experiences in these seance rooms. It's pretty incredible. So Arthur Finley, I know you are just in the etheric and hopefully you guided me to the right passages of yours to read today. I'd really like to thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. It gives just a little taste of the great Arthur Finley and his book, On the Edge of the Etheric. In closing, there's more to life than meets the eye, and there's more to you than you know. Again, visit us at wedontdie.com. I'm Sandra Champlain. Thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 